This week, we're going to air the second part of our great interview with best-selling author Michael Rogers, a teamwork expert. All that coming up shortly on the Serious Soft Skills podcast. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to episode 63 of the Serious Soft Skills podcast. I'm Bob Graham, and my usual co-host, Dr. Tobin Porterfield, is taking a little break today because I'm trying to get as much time as I can to air more of the interview with Michael Rogers. Michael Rogers is the author of the best-selling book, You Are the Team, Six Simple Ways Teammates Can Go From Good to Great, and he's in the process now of writing a second book, Heart-Based Leadership. He is a 2014 Inc. Magazine Top 100 Leadership Speaker, and his blog Teamwork and Leadership regularly ranks in the top 10 of the leadership blogs and has a monthly following of over 30,000 visitors. If you missed episode 62, you want to go back and listen to it because Mike does a great job of explaining some of the aspects of teamwork, including how to build a scoreboard so everyone knows where they are on a project and on their pathway towards team success. This week, we're going to dig into more of Mike's views on teamwork and how teams are built. You're not going to want to miss it. So let's get started. Here's my interview. So, Mike, tell me the difference in your mind between team building and teamwork, because I see that you talk about team building a lot versus teamwork. Are they different or similar? Well, teamwork is the outcome of team building. That's the way I look at it. So uh, team building is the process of improving teamwork. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. And can you talk about teamwork and team building with respect to them as a soft skill? Because, of course, you know we're all about soft skills here. Yeah, sure. So, so to me, the, the process of, of team building, it, it, well, teams at their very fundamental core about relationships. And any time we're talking about relationships, we're talking about soft skills. Is the way I, the way I look at it. Um, you know, I, I talk about in my book things like selflessness and, and being more selfless, being humble, being positive, being great, being respectful. I mean, these are all soft skills types of types of things. So um, that that process of building and improving those relationships on teams, which is what team building is all about, those are soft skills. Okay. Great. And we um, we talked before this a little bit, you may recall, about the idea that not every team is lucky enough to have a great team leader that makes this team building easier. Is someone in really bad shape if they don't have a really good team leader? Or are there things that they can do to be successful in building a team? Sure. And I'd like to add, too, it's vice versa. Sometimes Team leaders don't have good team players. <laughs> so Indeed, it can work. <laughs> it can work both ways. But as far as as a team player, I mean, I think you, you have choices as as a member of a team. Um, you know, you can make the choice to not be with that team anymore. That's but that's a choice sometimes you don't want to make. And maybe you enjoy the team, you enjoy the people, but you struggle a little bit with the leader. And I'm a big believer. This is why I titled the book "You You Are the Team." Is it starts with you. Um, and it starts with your commitment to the team. And so you can step up and be the best you 
possibly can be. And there's a good chance that that will become contagious and that will create, uh, you know, some goodwill and, and some good, good opportunities on the team. But, you know, over time, if it's not working and you can't get your leader on board, then you have to make a choice one way or the other. Um, but you do have choices, you know, personal choices to, to bring you and to bring you every day to the team. So talk through your book a little bit. I, I, I understand the concepts, but help our listeners understand the concepts of your book. Sure. So my book is based on, uh, it, it, it's a piece of what I call the triangle of teamwork. And so if, if you look at a triangle, the t- these, there's three components that have to be in place for teamwork to be effective. Two of these we talk about a lot. We, we work on these a lot, um, and one of them we really don't spend much time, and you won't see much written on it, and that's the piece that, that I've written. But at the top of the triangle is effective leadership. You have to have effective leaders. And as you know, there's lots of books, lots of workshops you can go through to be an effective leader. The second component of that uh, triangle teamwork is relationships. You have to have strong relationships on the team. You have to have teammates that can trust each other, that can communicate effectively, that hold each other accountable, have direct, you know, efficient conversations, those types of things. And we do a lot of team building type of activities towards that. But this third component of the triangle, which is on the bottom left of the triangle, is the personal commitment of each teammate. And if you look at a marriage, for example, if you have one person in the marriage who's committed and another person who's not, you can throw as much marriage or you can throw as much therapy or counseling as you want at that marriage, but it's going to continue to remain dysfunctional until that person who's not committed makes the choice to become committed. And so my book is all about creating that commitment with teammates and, and, and showing them the things that they should commit to, to go from good to great as a teammate. Sure. And I've taught before where teams uh, of students had to do a project together and we would force them to create a contract they self-generated that contract. So literally, I would say to him, it has to explain what it covers, what what the outcomes, what the goals are, and also what the penalties are if someone doesn't do their part. So if they're working on a team project and someone's always late for the meetings, what's the penalty? Are they going to buy everyone pizza or coffee or do mm-hmm. the next project alone? Do you believe in that idea of having a formal contract that people literally write out and sign or is that too extreme no i I think it can help as long as it's coupled with what i like to call a culture of commitment so so there's there's a personal commitment piece so every member of the team like i said earlier you have to bring you you have to step up be completely committed to the team and all teams have varying levels of commitment and i've found every team has some dysfunction and you can always related to this. But the culture of commitment piece, which I think you have to have in place if you're going to do things like that, is for the team to talk and discuss commitment and to create a culture of of this commitment and to keep it top of mind um, with teams. And if you can do that, then you're more likely to get because of because of the peer pressure involved with that, you're more likely to get them to commit. If you force you know, they force their hand on something and the, it's not something that the team is engaged with as a whole or they're aware of, you know, the commitment of the complete team going after it, then then you're going to have varying level of commitments with that as well. Um, you know, in order for people to change, it has to they have to change their heart. 
And you can put lots of different things in place, but until you begin to create the culture, um, it's really hard. Some people will step up and commit, but many won't. That's the way I look at that. We're going to take a short break and then be back to more of our interview with Michael Rogers. Stay tuned. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Could your business benefit from learning more about soft skills? We've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, if you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, have key employees left for better jobs? Do you or the people you work with hate going to work? Our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Let's get back to our interview with Michael Rogers, who's the author of You Are the Team, Six Simple Ways Teammates Can Go From Good to Great, which will easily and dramatically improve the way your team works together by changing the heart and mind of every member of your team. Often we have teams that are developed, whether you know it's a work group or it could be a department or a division, and these days there's a lot of transition. People come into a team for a period and leave for a period or a, you know, a business gets absorbed into another business and you, you have these, these different cultures coming together or you have a new player coming into a team. Do you have any strategies or thoughts on how someone can be more successful if and when that might happen? You know, again, I'm going to go back to that culture because if that culture is there, and somebody comes is, is coming from the outside into that culture, there's a good chance that they'll adopt that culture, especially if you hire or, or you select. So if, so if this is a team and like uh, an athletic team, for example, you know, that you're getting the right team players, whether it's hiring or selecting or whatever, you're getting the right team players that will, will blend with that culture. So it's, it's very possible but you've got to make sure you're getting bringing in the right people. Then you've got to make sure you have that culture in place and they'll adopt that, that culture. So that's a conscious effort from the point of bringing new people in to really think about what you need and how to, how to expand on what you already have. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I was looking at some of the materials you sent me and you talk about the idea of, um, uh, seeking honest feedback from teammates. That's difficult. And we mm-hmm. have a, one of our soft skills of our 55 is accepting criticism. And we just did a podcast on that where we talked about that. Do you have any thoughts or observations or insights on how we can be better at accepting criticism or feedback from people? Because that's, that's always hard. It is hard. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to ask for it. And it's difficult to give it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's both ways. And, um, I have something that, that we do when I work with teams that are, that are, um, I call it a teammate one-on-one. So in the business world, for example, 
we do a really good job of leaders doing one-on-ones uh-huh. um, or with athletics. I'll use different types of teams. We do a good job of coaches having interviews and, and meetings with individual team members and, and setting goals and things of that nature and families. I've done this for years with my kids. You know, once a month we, we have a personal interview where we talk about their goals and those are all good one-on-ones, but we never talk about teammate one-on-ones. And I started doing this, um, towards the end of my corporate career where I started meeting with members of my team, um, not people that I had a leadership responsibility with, but, but members of my team and, uh, you know, um, peers and okay. asking them, what could I do to improve? And so I, that's something I really highly recommend that teams do. And, and you need to set those meetings up. So it creates a form in which that can occur. And then as a teammate, once you get that feedback, so you've asked for that feedback and you start getting that feedback, then you obviously have to do something with it because that will improve the trust. And you'll notice that your teammate, when you go to them next time and say, what can I do to improve? They're more likely to give you more honest feedback. And as you know, feedback is, is a gift. It's a little bit cliche, but it is. We can't get better without that feedback. And so it is hard. It's hard for me still to ask for it, but I'm always happy when I did, when I get that constructive feedback that will help me improve. So I'm a big believer in creating the form in order for that to happen. I think it makes it a lot easier when you have that kind of meeting, that kind of interaction. Okay. And you talk about, I guess this is uh, the next thing, complimenting teammates more frequently. What do you mean by that? Well, I... I think it's kind of sad, for example, that we wait until someone passes away to, to tell them all the good that they've done in life. If you've ever read an obituary, and all of us have, right, they're always so positive. And I found this with my own mother because she passed away about eight years ago, somewhat unexpectedly. And she was a good person. And, and I can't tell you how many people we had live in our house. She was very service focused. But there are a lot of things I never knew about her until after she passed away and people came and told me. And I'm pretty sure... She didn't know a lot of those things. So, you know, my, uh, I just, I just wondered why we didn't talk about that or why didn't people express that to her before she passed away? For some reason, we're not as, I don't know if it's a, a more, not a vulnerability, but just, we're just not as direct and thoughtful as we could be in complimenting others. So when teammates are actively looking for ways to be specific and genuine, mm-hmm and timely in their feedback, it makes a huge difference on teams. It's, a, it's an act of service, and it's, it's always received very well. It's just that people love to be complimented. And can these aren't disingenuous compliments, right? No, these are legitimate. Be. So part of the act is the person giving the compliment has to find some good quality in that person. So in that very act of its own, that's helping to build that bridge, right? Yeah, exactly. I used to have somebody on a team I was on one time that used to say, you're a good guy, Mike, you're a good guy. And he'd just say that all the time. And I thought, okay, I'm a good guy. At first it was like, okay, I'm a good guy. Cool. But he kept saying it. And then I found him starting to say it to other people. And I'm like, okay, this isn't genuine. Don't say that. If you're going to say I'm a good guy, tell me why I'm a good guy. So part of being genuine is being specific as well. Well, why am I a good guy? You know, I'm going to feel a lot better if you're more specific around that. You know, and make sure too, yeah, when you give a compliment, make sure it's truly coming from the heart. You know, it's not just, you know, speaking with your lips. There's, there's something to it in your heart in what, in what you're saying. If you don't feel it, don't say it. 
That's the way I look at it. But there's there's plenty of opportunities to feel it and say it, too. And do you advocate saying it to the person, writing it in a note, including it in an email, or all three? Or is there a hierarchy there that you evaluate and say this is better than the other two? I, I think all three of them are good, um, again, as long as it's genuine and specific. But there's nothing like face-to-face either. I mean, can you imagine in some of your most important relationships always just giving compliments via an email or a note as opposed to just looking them in the eye and saying, this is the reason why I think you're really special. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Well, Mike, this is the best part of the whole interview for you. This is where I stop talking and you get to tell us whatever you want to tell us about what you're doing, what you've done or what you want to do. It's your stage. Go, Mike. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, I, you know, I, I'll talk about I'll talk about the book because um, I really believe this book is is a revolution, if you will, in the teamwork space. Um, I talked about that triangle earlier. You know, when we talk about the top of it being an effective leader, and we talk about relationships being strong, but we miss this piece around personal commitment. And my book, "You're the Team: Six Simple Ways Teammates Can Go from Good to Great." is about filling that gap in the triangle. And those six values that I highlight in the book are the what of commitment. What is it that teammates should commit to? And those are soft skills, as I talked about before. Selflessness, being trustworthy, being humble, being positive, being respectful, being great. And there's 21 different concepts that hang on those six principles. And if teammates can step up and commit... And then the leader can facilitate. And this is this is what I do for a living is go in and, and help teams create this culture of commitment. If teams can commit and create this culture of commitment, then everything changes. The whole game changes on teams. Relationships will improve and get better. Leadership will get easier. I always like to say my job is building better teams and making leaders' jobs easier. Those will improve as well. That's what I do. And um I'm extremely passionate about this. The root of, like I said before, all dysfunction is is lack of commitment, but the root of that is selfishness. And so leaders have a responsibility, but teammates have a responsibility too. And the more they commit and the more they become familiar with what they're committing to, which is what the book is all about, the better the team will become. Again, it's a game changer with uh, as far as teamwork is concerned. You've been listening to part two of my interview with Michael Rogers, author of the best-selling book, You Are the Team, Six Simple Ways Teammates Can Go From Good to Great. You can find out more about his book, his training and consulting, and other endeavors, and read his blog post at michaelgrogers.com. That's Michael, the letter G is in George, and R-O-G-E-R-S dot com. If you missed episode 62... That's where we started our interview with Michael Rogers. I would recommend you go back to it. Well, hopefully you've gotten a lot out of this uh, two-part series where we talked to Michael about teamwork and leadership. We'll be looking at another soft skill in next week's episode of the Serious Soft Skills podcast. Until then, thanks for listening. Good day. And of course, good soft skills. 
You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday. Thank you.